Right, here we go, episode 26 of the Hibs Ramble. It's myself, Craig, joined by Liam and Mark. How are we doing, boys? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, mate. Happy New Year, or not so happy New Year. I'm sure we'll discuss that in a bit. Absolutely horrific New Year. (laughs) Um, Aye, so we're back. We're going to record in the aftermath of the game, but we thought it'd be better to let it maybe sit for a couple of days and try not to record solely based on been absolutely fucking fuming at what we witnessed at Tynecastle on Monday. Um, we're not going to go through every inch of the game. We don't see the point. It's been done to death. But we'll go through, I mean, I suppose the key talking points. First one would obviously be the team selection. Um, there's been a lot of chat about Will Fish getting a game at the expense of Paul Hanlon. There's been a lot of, expen- uh, a lot of chat sorry, about McCurdy getting a, a start. Both of them happened, and Mark, it's fair to say that neither of them worked, given that they were both hooked at half-time. Aye, unfortunate. I think, talk about Fish and McCurdy, for me, the biggest concern in there was, when I first seen that team sheet, I, the formation I was thinking was 5-2-3, two, two yeah, in the field, I thought, and yeah. I was like, Hibs, well not historically but this season, have been overrunning midfield at times, when an opposing team floods the midfield, we do get overrun and that's when Newell I think gets exposed sometimes, so to play really two recognised midfielders against Hearts at Tynecastle was for me the biggest risk, obviously the playing Fish and McCurdy hasn't paid off but for me that was that was a mistake, putting just two midfielders in that on the park yeah, I thought it was a 3-4-3. Three, three, three. Uh, Probably was. 5-2-3 makes no sense. <laughs> Just look at that. That's what it looked like to me, though. Subsequently never turned out like that. It was more of a 4-2-3-1 four, four, two, four, two, slash a 4-3-3. Um, with McCurdy... And also a 4-2-3-1 with Cadden sort of sticking on the wide right. And then Ewan and McCurdy interchanging them behind Nisbet with Campbell and Newell sitting behind them. Um, we'll just talk about the first goal, Liam. Um, I was saying to Mark before we started that we've watched enough of Hearts, especially against us, to know that somebody like Cammy Devlin is mm. busy. And yeah. by busy, I mean that he's constantly in folks' faces, he's constantly closing down. He never gives players a moment's peace. I don't necessarily rate him as a footballer, but in terms of his energy levels, they're through the roof. Like he chases and closes down everything. Yeah, I've been on record a few times now saying that Cameron and Devlin is uh, by far and away the worst player in the division. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although I think he would have walked into the Hibs lineup uh, on Monday. It was, I think it's it's just classic, um, classic terrier behaviour. For Cammy Devlin to keep chasing that and not to give it up. I mean, what's he losing at the end of it if it does go out for a, a goal kick or a throw into Hibs? What what is he actually losing? And he's taking a chance. I think I feel sorry for Will Fish. Mm-hmm. I think he was thrown in at the deep end. Um, I was happy to see him in the starting lineup to be honest because I've liked what I've seen from him so far. Um, but he's been you know he's been hung out to dry, being played at right back. Uh, I think that's the the first mistake that's been made, and you know it's, it's a huge game. And I think in I think in any other game where he's been playing in England, that goes out for a goal kick. I don't think he's used to players like that. I, 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 I take any. It's it is bad. It's incredible. He was do you think it's 
I was saying yeah, that's a disgrace to be honest. I was saying to Mark before you came on, do you think it's naivety? Because from fish? No, from the management team. So well, like how could it be though? Because we've had five hundred games in management. How like, could they be naive to play a centre half right back in his first start I'm in an Edinburgh Derby? I'm talking more about what Cammy Devlin does. So in that instance, right, Will Fish has tried to clear it once, Devlin's yeah. blocked it. Mm. We all know that he's going to get up and go for it again. Yeah. But Will Fish doesn't know that he's going to get up and go for it again. So does that show a lack of preparation? In terms of the management as well, playing Will Fish at Tynecastle to start at right back for his first game, his first start for the club, right yeah. next to that those two corners, obviously the ones that are nearest the Roseburn stand, are the most. We I don't know if hostile is the right word, but the the noisiest areas. Uh, yeah. Tynecastle. And putting fish in in that area as well in that environment. <clears throat> do you know? Just think. For me, it shows a bit of lack of whether it be understanding, which is strange because both McAllister and Johnson. Have played there for Hearts. Yeah, no, I think. No, what's and even David Gray as well. David Gray's played there in that exact position for Hibs. Surely someone's. It's Lee Johnson has said I'm going to be playing Will Fish here, and someone surely has thought mm, that's maybe not the best idea. Like it's an incredible so, decision. It's an incredible I, decision. I thought that was a silly decision. I, I feel really sorry for the boy Fish, to be honest with you, mate, because. Yeah. That one mistake is probably now going to define the rest of his time at Hibs, which but is a shame. For me, it's not even a mistake. He does what professional football players do. 99 times in a game, they just usher the ball out. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying about the naivety from... I no think the... Like, Barry think, Kai doesn't chase doing like that. Andy Halliday probably doesn't chase doing like that. Shanklin, Ginelli, they don't. But Devlin does. Devlin's probably the only one in that Hearts team that would. But you, if you're Lee Johnson, you need to be wary of that and surely yeah, he does know because he's played against Devlin at Easter Road yep so I don't know mate I don't know to play to play a, I think see when it's an inexperienced boy going into a big game like that right I think you know if it's a striker or a winger or even a centre midfielder you can maybe get away with having a bit of a lack of experience but see when you put a young centre half or a goalkeeper in a big big game I think it's it's asking for trouble unless they are like night and day been playing the whole season. But it put him in. That was his first start, wasn't it? To put yeah. a young lad first start out of position at Tynecastle. Like yeah, I, I'm the same as Liam. I feel I do feel sorry for him because I don't think he's a bad player. And like you said, there's probably only one Hearts player on the park that goes for that and gets it. And because of call it naivety from the management or just a lack of experience from Fish, it's caused a goal to go 1-0 down at Tynecastle, his head goes down. Whether that's why he's been hooked at half-time, I don't know, but I do I do feel sorry for the lad. I think um, hopefully he comes back fit and, and we see a bit more of him, but I just think it's a, a crazy decision to put a young, inexperienced centre-half out of position at Tynecastle. It just seems mental to me. Yeah, I think as well, it's, there's, I don't know if you'll agree with me, there's different types of derby. So... For example, the game at Easter Road in uh, August would have been that would have been a better game to put him in because we're at home. It's one of the first games of the season. Nobody really cares what to expect. Or if 
it's the last derby of the season and we're both in the top six or we're both in the bottom six and we're kind of assured in our positions and there's nothing really to play for rather than the, the pride, right? Whereas that game on Monday is off the back of us being on an absolutely horrendous run and the fact that Hearts absolutely smelt blood. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, they've still got a game in hand on us. They were five points clear. They're now eight points clear with a chance to go 11 points clear, which effectively means our chance of going for third is, is done and dusted. I think and, it was done and dusted well before Monday, to be honest. Aye, but you still, points-wise, it wasn't. Like, no. that, so we're now eight behind. We could have been two behind. Just how quickly it can turn. But, I mean, I don't think a lot of people come out, of, um, come out smelling roses for the goal. Marshall, for me, who I thought was poor during the game. Marshall had, tried to come and get it, like when Janelli dispossesses him. Yeah. And then he's at, a, he's at an odd angle to... Uh, sorry, when Devlin dispossesses him and Janelli picks it up. He's at an odd angle when Janelli hits a shot. But, I mean, even worse... Is Newland Hanlon. Yeah, just standing on either side of Shankland. Yeah. How how they're not aware he's there. He's a fox in the box striker. I mean, it's I think it's laughable really, and I think Lee Johnson will be furious. The second the second goal. I mean, we could probably spend an hour talking about that. Like Hibs initially get a free kick, and then they're checking for offside, and then it's figured out that Civic is actually offside, but then Rocky handballs it. So it's a penalty. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it, and I don't think we should really waste time. No, that's what I'm saying. We're not, we're not going to go into it. Um, I don't feel there's there's a need. VAR is a, separate, a whole separate thing altogether. The fact that it took seven minutes to come to that decision, though, was fucking bored. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. I'm and sure you've really said it get... before, Mark, that there needs to be a, there needs to be a time limit on these things. And then we only get four minutes added on. Mm. Like, where's the... So, I mean, it's supposed to be this whole clear and obvious thing. Seven minutes isn't clear and obvious. Um, no. But I, so we got in... We went in 2-0 at the break. And I mind looking up at the their screen um, and seeing the, the possession stats and, like, the halftime stats, etc. And... Hearts had had 61% of the ball, which didn't feel kind of sometimes you can watch a game and go, oh, they've actually had many of the ball than that, or mm. they've actually had more. Of the, it felt completely accurate. I felt like we never got near them. I think it's a bit generous to us to give us 40 odd percent possession. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, before half time, um, the chance to get back into it, Ailey, you have through. And it gets worse every time you watch it. Eh? It, it takes, really like, I, like I said in the chat, like I'm not one of these that sort of like sometimes I'll I'll shout and I'll be a bit like oh fuck fuck at games, but I I tend to not to lose my rag. I completely lost my head at that. <laughs> like I, I'm I'm talking, there was probably spit flying out my mouth. <laughs> I was shouting that hard because for me that is at this level is. It's just it's 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 criminal. It's un it's unacceptable, in my opinion. Like he's he's got two choices that he can make. He can try and bend it round the keeper, or he can just dink Smash it across over. Him. 
Xander Clark's coming out to him. The keeper's not going to have time to stop, turn, or even stop and pedal back if Ewan decides just to dink it over him. Do you think that's a sign of low confidence? Or when he, I think he maybe just took too long to side. And he slowed down as well. Like He's one of the quickest players in our team. And I don't, I don't think Toby Sivic really is, un, is very fast. I think he's tried to anticipate a challenge and in the hope that maybe they'd go down to 10 men. Maybe. Were you surprised, though? That he, that no, I wasn't surprised he, he balled it at all. No. I'm not surprised in the slightest. Done it at I Rangers think, as well. Just yeah. before half-time, yeah. he had a good chance to give Rangers and he, he fluffed it. It sums up our day, though, that UN chance really does sum up. The McGuinness double, I know we'll come into it, but I think the McGuinness double chance sums up the day as well. The That was just incredible. Yeah. I mean, we knew, we've been in that situation before at Tynecastle, right? And especially against a Robbie Nielsen Hearts. When they go a goal in front or even two goals in front, <coughs> they just sit back and go, right, what have you got? Mm-hmm. Whether that, and I know I know a lot of Hearts fans um, that I know, Hanny Stan Nielsen for that, is that it's almost take the foot off the gas completely. Um, and obviously we've seen it when we <clears throat> when Hanlon scored in the last minute, what can come of it? But two changes at half time, Fish and McCurdy go off, McGuinness and Cadden come uh, sorry, McGuinness and McGeady come on, McCadden moving back to sort of right back. And without without going into what's been said about the performance second half, territory wise we dominated it. Like we absolutely dominated that entire second half. And we had a few couple of half chances. Um, Cadden cutting for the right hand side a couple of times. Ewan sort of ran at the defence and there was a couple of stromashes in the box. There was one where Nisbet took it with his back to goal and tried to shoot when he could have laid it off to McGeady. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, I thought McGeady done well when he came on. You can see, yeah. even yeah. though he's not got the legs anymore, you can see he's a level above, like in terms of game intelligence, like almost like what Snodgrass is for Hearts. Like they're just. Yeah intellectually on another level when it comes to football. I think McGeady was definitely like the polar opposite of the McGeady that we saw at Falkirk um, before the league season started. He looked like he wanted to get on the ball and drive. No McGeady spins, which was a bit of a disappointment uh, in my eyes. I was looking forward to seeing one of them, him going round whoever. I don't really, I can't even mind who was playing. I think it was Atkinson on his side. Michael Smith. Uh, but he got Michael Smith booked and then got taken off shortly after because he injured himself. Aye. My concern with McGeady is he probably would. That's the type of game he'll play really well at. Hearts, Tynecastle, Rangers, at Easter Road, whatever, these big games, but then we'll play Motherwell on Sunday and he'll no kick a ball. Do you know what I mean? He's one of the players that just, I'll just not be interested in these other games. Mm. But hopefully he proves me wrong. I thought the changes definitely made a difference. Um, but... <clears throat> At the end of the day, it's as has been said by even Lee Johnson himself, it's easy to come out and play when you're 2 0 in. Like, I think Cadden had a good second half. Yeah, he did. But again, we were 2 nothing down. So, how, like, do you know what I mean? How, take how, good, how good did we play? It was the same when we played them at hand in. And folks spoke about the second half performance. Like, we, 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 were, we were getting beat at the time. So it's all fine, like, the, like Johnson says, um, and we'll try to speak about a lot about what Johnson said after the game as well. 
But like you need to, you need to do that for minute one. Like, it shouldn't take going two goals down to get a reaction like that. I know. And it's it's frustrating as a fan watching it as well because you know that that if if you had one of those green jerseys on on Monday that you'd be given 110% and bursting your arse and then you've got people like and I've been an advocate for Harry McCurdy for well since he joined and it just looked like he couldn't be bothered he didn't want to be there Thank you Lewis On McCurdy I just I don't know I mean I see folks saying that he's out of his depth and that he's kind of he's too slight and he's too He's too small, he's too skinny, but like League Two in England is not known for its small technical players. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of effectively brickies and joiners and labourers that would play in that league. Mark Duncan's. What Mark Duncan's, I. He had one good season, but, and I know that, like, fair enough, he's had the season of his life and he's probably peaking and all that, but. It's not as if he's been like brilliant in there for three, four, five years and he's been getting 15, 20, 25 goals a season. He had one season where I think he broke into the 20s, low 20s, and then immediately he's got his move. I'm not saying we should have left him because somebody else might have pinched him, but you know, one good season doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to come and have two, three, four, especially when before that, his record was really, really poor, actually, from what I've seen anyway. His goal he record bouncing about from club to club. So, so you know, have we have we signed the McCurdy that got twenty odd goals in a season, or have we signed the McCurdy the previous five seasons before that who got five goals in a season? Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's still to be seen. I, I, I don't think we've got him to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, and I think what you say is rightly. We need somebody that shows a wee bit of effort, at least if you're no. The one thing that top manager says is that when you're no getting a goal, when the striker isn't getting a goal, you have to bust a gut. You have to put 150% of the performance and a goal will come eventually. And he just doesn't look like he's really given that. He looks like he's one thing happens, his head goes down. He's the type of player that if you kick him once, you'll no see him again and you'll no survive in Scottish football like that. Nah, he's shanked an opportunity first half, isn't he? Really good opportunity. It was a ball, it? was a tough one. Sort of deep good, it was a good area. It was a difficult one to take, but it was a really good area. Skim it along the ground there. I mean, we we wouldn't have heard it because we were at the game, but apparently Johnson came out and said on the radio before the game when he was asked about his team selection about McCurdy. And he said that he's just as likely to get sent off as he is to score the winner. Like Why play him then? But why why make a comment like that in the press? Like this is this is and this is the thing as well because he t- he spoke after the game um, about clearing out the deadwood. It says that there's probably about nine or ten players that could go. Um, you know he'd get rid of ten to bring in one quality. And he goes on to name. He was like Joe Newell had a good game. I'm not even going to talk about that um, because I don't think that even deserves any airtime from us. But he mentioned Kyle McGuinness. So if he's mens- if he's talking bad about McCurdy and then he's talking up McGuinness, why is he starting the one he's talking bad about uh, and then benching the one that he's talking good about? Like I know he's, he's said something about managing their fitness and whatnot, but what's the point in bringing them on at half-time when we're 2-0 down? Start the game when it's 0-0. Do you know 
what I mean? We can, we've now got nine subs on the bench. You can make five subs during the game. So you've got more options if, for whatever reason, one of them was to break down. And I think part of that as well, what really frustrates me is week in, week out, the amount of rotate, not necessarily rotation in terms of players, but we're trying all these different shapes. We're trying three at the back, five at the back, four at the back. We're trying different midfields, different attacking options. As a manager, I think, and again, I'm, I'm not a manager, so whatever, but for me, it, two, one or two formations should be it, and then everything should be built around that formation, built around the players and the manager's style. And you should, all your defensive drills, possession drills, attacking drills should all be based on that formation so that if you go into a game on a Saturday, it's what you've been doing in training. I didn't understand how he can be training through the week on four, five, six formations and then making a decision on the Saturday and expecting the players to go out and know what they're doing. You need to put in a hell of a lot of work to get to understand even one formation, never mind three three or four different ones. So that's a real frustration for me. We were on a, a run of four wins, right? And in that win, in, in those four wins, we played with the same shape. We played with the same sort of players. All of a sudden, we lose one game and then we just rotate it every single week. We need to stay consistent and believe in what Johnson is, is offering. You can't change it all the time. Mate, you're talking about formations, right? And Johnson's been here since the end, or since the start of summer. And he's seen all these players come in. The first thing you do when you when you take a job, you look at the players you've got and you fit them into a system that you want to play. Correct. And you play that way. You didn't chop and change and chop and change. Fair do is maybe chopping and changing from three at the back to, to five at the back because it's an easy transition to make in the game. But three at the back one week, four at the back in the next week, playing centre-halves at right back... I, I different don't, midfields, I, different front threes, front twos, strikers, it, so strikers on their own. Do you know what I mean? It's, it looks like an act of desperation. Like it's. I think what I you, you make a really good point about the formations. I mean, you think back to like Stubbs and Lennon, for example. We sort of flitted between the diamond and the three-five-two, and the players that we had at the time were able to rotate into the particular system that we needed at that time. Yeah. Whereas. Like you, like Liam, like you're saying, we're playing can everybody here, there, and everywhere. But like you, like you're saying about you know when he comes in and he's bringing players in to fit the system. He told us when he got the job, he'd watched the, like two, three games before the end of the season, so he knew what players were already in the building. Do you know what I mean? He'd actually seen them firsthand, and yeah. we're still. So if he's been doing his research, even say since the end of April. There's seven, seven to eight months, and we are admittedly worse than what we were when Maloney got sacked. I mean, I don't even think that I could name Lee Johnson's preferred eleven. I don't, I don't even know if I could name my preferred eleven. I don't think Johnson could name his preferred eleven or preferred formation. And I'm not a, a John. I don't dislike him, and I don't want him to be sacked in that. But if you look at the top. And I'm not comparing them to the top managers and top clubs, but you look at the top managers at the top clubs, they've got a style and they've got a formation, and every single player that comes in the door is specifically to fit in with their system. It's not because they're a big name, it's not because they're whatever, it's because they fit in. You look at Pep Guardiola, and again, I'm not comparing it to Pep Guardiola, but he brings in players and they slot in and immediately they become world class because he's calculated that to fit into his system, and it does and it works. Johnson should have a game plan, have a formation, 
have a plan B, obviously, that's great, but have your style and then bring in the players that you need to fit in with your style. Didn't he change your your ideologies just for the players that you've got? He needs to have a style and bring in the players that he wants, and it's going to take time to do that, but he can't be chopping and changing every week because that looks bad on him. At least if he sticks with the same idea in the formation, you can say, right, well, it's the players not fitting in his ideas and not the other way about. I don't think you need to look as far as Pep Guardiola and Man City. I think you and, can even... And. Mate, you can even just look at Hearts. Look at the signings that they've made uh, with Joe Savage at the helm. They've... Well, I mean, see, before that, it feels like we are now in the Craig Gordon... Uh, the Craig, <laughs> Gordon, the Craig Levine era. Yep. Where exactly. it was scattergun, scattergun. Throw heaps of shit at the wall and see if anything sticks. Mm-hmm. But now... They are doing their transfer business wisely, and I hate to big them up, but I mean they've done some great transfer business. Maybe didn't add enough in the summer to cover, um, you know, for for Europe and stuff. They've got a few injuries, but you look at Shankland, you look at Devlin, Atkinson, even going back to when they signed Michael Smith. I mean, this they came what they're doing, and they can they're pinpointing these players that will come in and fit in the system, and they do, and they hit the ground running. And I don't think any of the signings that we've made this year, apart from David Marshall, but he doesn't really count, and Boyle, but he doesn't really count, have hit the ground running. Realistically, would any of our starting 11 get in the Hearts 11? From Sutton, from Monday? You could make a case, possibly, for Porteous and Boyle. But they never started, so... But other than that, like... If Hearts had a fully fit team, I don't don't even think they'd take uh, Porteous, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, you look at... so. In the last, what, say, 12 to 18 months, going back two years, right, they've signed Kingsley, Halliday, Shankland, Halkett, Craig Gordon, and who's who was the other one? Barry Mackay, right? And Sorry, now Robert Snodgrass. So there's seven players. Every single one of them, what they've got in common is that, one, they're Scottish, two... They've played significant portions of their career in the Scottish league or leagues, and three, they're all. Did I say they're all Scottish? No. <laughs> and they're all good. They're, they're extra all, Scottish. They're all at the latter end of their careers. Do you know what I mean? You've got uh, Mackay, who I think is about 28, 29. Halliday's 30. Kingsley's about 29. Um, Shanklin's probably the youngest one at 25, 26, maybe. But they have went down the route of what we done a few years ago. McGregor, Fivey, McGinn, McGeoch, um, even somebody like Stokes who'd played in Scotland for almost a decade. Simon Murray. Simon Murray. Players Ambrose. like that. Aye, Ambrose as well. <laughs> He's Scottish. Scottish FA Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, in terms of experience of the league, like we, in the summer, we signed... So we're saying, what, Marshall, McGeady and Boyle. Marshall hasn't played in Scotland for about 12, 13 years. No far, off, no far off the same for McGeady. And um, Boyle, I mean, Boyle you, was only away really for six months. Like, signings like uh, McCurdy could potentially work if it's part... If, if McCurdy's like that one out of seven... Do you know what I mean? That that's that fits into the structure. Whereas you look at Boyle, Marshall, and McGeady, and they're like the three out of fifteen. So everybody else is trying to fit around them rather than 
them trying to fit in around everybody else, if that makes sense. Um, and then just to finish, like you said, Mark, we'll no, <clears throat> we'll no talk about the third goal too much, but those two double double misses from McGuinness. I think the first one, you can argue it's a packed penalty area. The keeper's moving. He snatched it a wee bit, but the second one, oh my fucking God. Like First one's a great save. Second one, he just needs to smash it. He yeah. left it. Pick a corner. Pick a corner and do whatever you want. He had, yeah. time, he had time to take a touch as well. Um, it was never going to go in, though, was it? It was, it was never going to go in. No. And then the third goal is just poor for all three concerned. Um, I've no idea. When you see the view for the Roadburn stand, I've not got a fucking clue what Marshall is <laughs> So funny, by the way. What Marshall is doing. I, I, it almost looks as if he thinks Stevenson's going to get it. Well, Stevenson's ahead of him. But he tries to make the angle to get the ball, to, to take the pass. Um, I get what I get what he's doing. But Stevenson, having played another 90 minutes at 35, which is 35 tomorrow, actually, against a 24-25 year old who's just came on as a sub, like you're on, there's only going to be one winner. And I mean, just just on those two, right? So I've done. I've done a wee piece on them because Handler and Stevenson have been given a lot, a lot of criticism after yesterday. Um, and to be fair, their their criticism is like constant. Like they're constantly named after games. Handler and Stevenson, they're finished. They shouldn't be anywhere near the club. Yada yada yada. So I've done a bit of digging the day, and I've got some some stats on them right now they might be some might be a wee bit off but generally most of it's it's spot on so they've both so combined appearances for Hibs right they've made 1073 combined appearances so that's uh, the Premiership Championship League Cup Scottish Cup uh, European Games etc Stevenson on 443 league games and handling on 413 league games right we have signed 34 players in their position so left centre so not even left centre half centre half and left back I've left out players like Whitaker who could play in both because I didn't think it was fair to include uh, Whitaker because he wasn't necessarily signed as a left back and I also love Stephen Whitaker yep but I mean they've both so in terms of their appearances right Stevenson between 2013 and 19 was minimum 34 appearances a season. So league season in the, the top flights 38 games, championships 36. So he missed two or three league games a season. Um, Hanlon's roughly the same, but he's had more injuries than what than what Lewis has, right? So I'm going to run you through the names, right? His centre halves that we've signed since Paul Hanlon made his debut. Now we had players like Sol Bamba, Chris Hogg. Etc. But they were established first team players before Paul made his debut, right? So we've got <laughs> some of the names on this, honestly: Darren McCormack, Stephen Tico, Francis Dicko, David Stevens, Sean O'Hanlon, James McPake, oh. Jordan Forster, Michael Nelson, Daniel Boateng, Liam Fontaine, Darren McGregor, Brian McLean, Effie Ambrose, Darnell Johnson, Ryan Porteous, Adam Jackson, Jonathan Spector, Nathan Wood. Rocky Bushiri, Harry Clark, mm, like I said before, he's a debatable one, and then Will Fish. Sean O'Hanlon. I feel so sorry for Adam Jackson, by the way. 
22 players, and Paul has outlasted every single one of them. Bar Rocky, he'll probably not outlast Rocky. <clears throat> I don't know if that's a compliment to Paul Hamlin or just how absolutely mince that list is. He's kind of like the, he's kind of like the Queen, and that list is like the Pope's. Right. <laughs> like, so he's the lowest the season where he made his lowest amount of appearances was the season in the preceding the season after he made his debut would be seven and then he's had the injuries obviously he was injured when we got relegated um, in 2014 but he won the player of the year that year and then he missed the second half of the championship season when we got promoted and he'll be 33 in a couple of weeks but 516 appearances in total for Hibs, right? And then Stevenson. Um, so the left-backs that we've had in that time, right? So Ian Murray, Jonathan Grounds, Kujabi, Ryan McGivern, Callum Booth, Adam Eckersley, Callum Crane, uh, Faisal Reras, Mikel Nillon, Sean Mackey, Josh Doig, and then Cabrera. Wow. Now, wow. you could argue that out of that entire list of players, the 34 players that I've named, at the moment, one has been a success elsewhere, and that's Doig. I yeah. can't believe that left-back list. Ryan McGivern and Paku Jabby in the same list. The rest wow. of them... Jonathan Grounds, remember him? <laughs> I'm sure we had George Franco as well. Was he a right-back? He's a right-back, aye. Is Alan Mabry a right-back? No, I don't think I don't think Al Mabry even kens well Al Mabry is he was just a wee free but even so with Lewis right he's the lowest the, the season he made his lowest appearances was 2010 um, since 2013 like I said between 2013 and 19 minimum 34 appearances and I've just done league appearances as well so minimum minimum 34 appearances in the league um, and then even in the two seasons with Doig in the side he still managed 22 and 23 appearances both seasons. He's only had three seasons and he's 17 total seasons as a first-team player where he's made less than 20 appearances. Like, that's all right, yeah, like for him, that's all right. Yeah. Like 35. I said, 35 tomorrow. So, uh, happy birthday, Lewis, when that comes. But this is more to, like... There's not many me. players in that list that you look at and go, oh, he had a, he had a tough time... It was actually a decent player. There's not many players in those lists that were actually better than Paul Hamlin. Adam Jackson, maybe. Um, Josh Doig, but then... We can argue that Fontaine McGregor and 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 Effie, right? But none of them were... But then at the the time that they were at Hibs, they were probably on level with Hamlin. Hamlin But none of those players that I've mentioned over time have been able to stick at it long enough to deplay, displace Paul for the first team. But that's the reality of it, though, because any of those players who do end up becoming better than Paul Hanlon and do end up being significantly better, I'll just move on. And any of them that are significantly worse, I'll get moved on. So when you have somebody, the reality Hanlon. is somebody at Hibs, right, who's got five, six, seven hundred appearances in the modern day, is they going to be a world beater? Let's face it, they're not going to be a world beater. So, I, I don't know. I, I think they're they're good. They're good enough, <laughs> just, but no good enough to get a move elsewhere. Well, the boy that I was standing next to at Tynecastle was saying, you know, at the very peak of their careers, Hamlin and Stevenson were Hibs level. 
You could argue that their peak, though, was the seasons we were in the Championship. I mean, we were in the Championship eight and a half years ago. So, Paul, Paul, well, 2014, we got relegated. So, Paul would have been, what, 25? That first season in the Championship. And then Lewis Because even when we were in the Championship, they'd been around for ages and they were only 25. Lewis would have been 27. That's mad. That is mad. That makes me feel... So, so you can argue that through throughout those those seasons, so when when Stevenson sort of started, when he was 25, that's when he started that minimum 34 appearances a season run. Right. It's whether... So when you say that they're... That was their peak. Did we Did we actually see them at their peak while we were in the Championship? Maybe. But then that season we came back up with Lennon, <laughs> the two of them were, were outstanding. Yeah. And you need oh, to remember yeah. as well, off the back of that, even though it was only one each, they still both ended up being capped by Scotland. So they bloody Paul McGinn, so I wouldn't call that a flex. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Yo, we all know how I feel about him. <laughs> the Scotland folks say they've not signed anybody to replace Paul Hanley. You, you don't need to sign someone to replace him. You just need to sign someone that's better than him. To challenge him. We need to start. I know there's a lot that are a lot of players that were older, so you kind of need to take that into context. But Fontaine isn't that much older. Maybe three years or so, and he was he was bombed at Hibs when he would have been 20, 28. Maybe. And he still went on and played for a. For a couple um, Premiership teams. Yep. Somebody like obviously McGregor's. I've got a few years on him. Effie as well. But like, there's not one player in that list that you can say has went on to have a better career than being a first choice player for Hibs. Nah. Poch is probably the only one. Um, I think Doig, Doig will probably get there, but I but Doig isn't a centre half. All oh, right, well, well, I mean, he started as a centre half. <coughs> like even even the left backs as well, though. Like Sean, like five of them, if you include Ian Murray, have come through our academy, and not one of them's been able to successfully displace Stevenson, Bar, Doig, and even then, Doig, you could argue, was didn't he? Almost a development signing, and just he's just accelerated. Like I said, though, they're always Hanlon and Stevenson have always been a constant, right? So I don't think it's ever been a case of displacing them. They just outweigh whoever's in that position. They just wait until they move on. If somebody (laughs) comes in, right, and is better than them at centre-half or left-back, they just have to wait until they either get moved on or that player decides to move on and they're back in the starting lineup. They just have to beat, they just have to wait. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, like, Stevenson in two seasons with Doig, Across the two seasons, still made 55 appearances in the league. Uh, that was probably more because Josh Doyle could just come in and probably didn't have enough. I know he was young, but... 45, sorry, no 55. I, I think Jack Ross probably wanted to get a mixture because putting a young lad just at the academy in for a full season is a lot of pressure, I would say. So they probably wanted to do a bit of in and out. I just think... <laughs> It was more about trying to put like a bit of context behind folks saying they need moved on, they've not been replaced, this, that and the next thing. When you actually look at the names, they've actually outlasted 
a lot of players between them. Who are probably still playing as well. And I think that a lot of them, I think a lot of supporters, I, while Paul and Lewis aren't the players that they were at 25, 26, 27, do you know what I mean? Both won the Scottish Cup. Lewis has won both Cups. Over a thousand combined appearances for the club. I just think that they deserve a wee bit more respect than what they get. They do. I think they're, they're easy targets, though, Craig. That's the thing. They what? They're easy targets. They're Hibs boys. They, you can... People are always going to, you know, go for them and stuff if if we have a bad... I mean, I, and I've been guilty of it a lot of times. If we, have, if we play badly, it's... Hanlon and Stevenson's fault get them out they're yeah. old we need better uh, everyone's done it at one point or another what they, do, we, they do command more respect what do we think about um, Johnson just quickly Johnson going out before the game on Sunday night don't really care to be honest <laughs> don't care I don't don't, I don't care. care I think it's, I think it's something that he does often if you if you you know believe what you read, he went out for a meal and then stopped for a coke and then went home. I don't believe that. But do you think that the 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 image that it portrays is the right image to portray? Nah, no, not at all. That's that's what I'd mentioned in the group chat um, when we were talking about it. Do you know what? He's a grown man. They're adults. I can they're athletes and all that, but. It was New Year's Day and all. Do what you want to do, right? But before an Edinburgh derby, when there's so much pressure on you, there's so much pressure on you for your job, for that. It's an, it's not any game. It's an Edinburgh derby at Tynecastle, New Year's derby, and you decide to go out on the piss. It's like, why just, why that one night? Even if it's a tradition of yours, why not just stay in? Keep yourself out the or go somewhere, Or go somewhere where you'll not be recognised. Aye, and recognised because he's a Hibs manager, but somewhere a bit more low key, not the fucking middle of George Street. And just like you just touched on there, the example that we had young Ethan and Josh on this podcast, right? Can you imagine that development squad, that under nineteen squad, looking at that, the first team manager, before a big game? What kind of example does that set to the the next generation of Hibs players coming through? Is that all right for them to go and do it if they come in? Hung over the next day, and the gaffer goes, "What he's doing? Well, you were it, so why are you having to go at us?" It just sets a bad example. That that's the one thing that irks me, and the other thing that irks me is just why that one week stay at home before an Edinburgh derby, heaps of pressure on you. Just stay out the headlines and focus on the game, so that it can't bite your arse once we get pumped three 0 He would have been the roughest guy in Tidecastle on Monday. <laughs> the um three uh, 0 what about his comments after the game? Um, I understand why why he said what he said to try and get the fans back on side, but it's got shades of butcher, doesn't it? Yeah, it's classic deflection, dude. Deflection for terrible. He didn't go into the changing room either. I've seen that. <laughs> That's funny. He um, didn't. What, so no. he just went home? He didn't. No, he just went and sat on the bus. <laughs> so he done the apparently he done the press and then went and sat on the team bus. <laughs> Um, he's actually spoke about it to, to Sky Sports today. I need to watch that. The comment he made about Porteous and uh, historical poor decision making or historical poor professionalism for the club. It's passing, um, it's passing the buck, in my opinion. He's, he's probably... I mean, he's, not he's not wrong, but Porteous isn't going to get offered a contract to be the highest paid player 
two, two and a half years ago. No. Like, he's just not. He wasn't good enough. Oh, well, he should have been given also, better than an academy deal. I also do think there's maybe been a wee bit of stringing along for, for Porteous as well. Um, but, again, like, we'll just need to see. We'll move ahead to Sunday. Um Wait in Motherwell, who haven't? Oh, by the way, Liam, you'll love this stat, right? Guess who haven't won a home game since August? Motherwell. <laughs> oh, let me, let me guess. Motherwell. Oh, well, they'll be delighted. So, Ibs are coming to turn. Yep. Um, as long as McGinn doesn't score, I'll be happy. Some questions, and we'll do, we'll do our, we'll do our questions first, um, and then we'll, we'll lead into the, the Motherwell game, um. So Liam. Oh wait, 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 wait! Before we do the questions, we've got pie reviews to do. Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Oh, right, so we do. Right, uh, Mark didn't get a pie. He was just uh, on a diet coke, New Year, new him, and all that. Well, Jack Daniels in it. <laughs> Probably just incriminated myself there. <laughs> oh, that was, I'm sure I've seen you with that outside the, the stadium footprint, Mark. Aye. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Liam, we both partook in a tiny pie. It wasn't a tiny pie, it was a normal-sized pie, but they, they give it in this wee sleeve that's got a hearts badge on it. Exactly um, the same as they used to do at Easter Road. Yeah, and I actually balked and took my pie out and gave it back to the lassie because I didn't want to be carrying something with a hearts badge on it. Does that, make me, does that make me pathetic and bitter? Yes. Do I care? No. <laughs> um, so, Liam, give us your... What was your overall score? 13. 13. Mine's was 11. 11. Um, temperature, what did you get? I got a 4. I it, went was, five. it was very, very good. It was just a little bit too hot. Nah, we burn, burn the tongue moment. My temperature was, was absolutely spot on. Like we've spoken about the the the, the temperature a few times that can make or break it for me, and it was sure and it was just it was perfect. I couldn't fault it. What about your crust? I've got I've gone for a three. Yeah. Because it wasn't very flavorful, although uh, it didn't fall apart for the most part. It wasn't soggy. And it like see at the at the top rim, it was like crunchy. Yeah, I, I appreciated that. I did appreciate that. I think in the pie review, uh, a lot of the crust scoring comes on whether the the pie falls to bits or not. I think the for fact- sure you need to you need, always need to take into account the structural integrity uh, of a steak pie. Yeah, if it doesn't have forty pieces, it immediately gets almost like a two, a plus it's like two a baseline it. score. Uh, I I was a three as well. Um, average for, for the reasons that you mentioned but it was just a wee bit dry mm, I just agree a, a tiny wee bit dry that not even a bit of sauce could have helped I think because it was the outer crust no the lid the lid was the lid was spawn um, filling I've went for a one because what was inside was akin to what I give my dog at the lilies tin it was oh. pure and utter mush it was like someday had gotten a bowl of soup and solidified it, patted it down and shoved it into a pie. That's million. That's very nice. The taste, it wasn't the taste so much, it was the texture. 
I like wee bits of chunky wee bits of steak, a nice good a good bit of gravy, even the wee bits of steak that float about in there that you're like, Oh, I wasn't expecting you in this bite. <laughs> Whereas that was just it was literally like it had, it had been taken out a tin of whiskers and put in to oh. my pie without actually tasting like cat food. Well, I've given the film a three an average. Um I kind of understand where you're coming from, but I think I had a better one than you. It was kind of like pulled, like pulled pork consistency for the steak. Um, but I felt like the ratio was good. It tasted all right. I quite liked it though. I quite liked the the texture. So I'm no. giving I'm giving it a three. The texture of it gave me the book, so that's why it's getting a one. Um, and in price, I've gone two, uh, three pound fifty for a pie. Not good enough, I'm afraid. Well, I've went for a three. I've stated before. At three pound to three pound fifty, I'm happy to pay. I feel like that is the average kind of. <laughs> I feel like that's the average kind of price range uh, for uh, for a steak pie at a Scottish football ground in the top flight. Yeah. And um, post living crisis, you can only listen. People have got to make their money somehow. I'm happy to pay three pound fifty if it's a good pie, and I feel like it was an alright pie. I do Maybe if the filling was a bit better for me, the the value of it would have been pushed up, but that nah, three pound fifty for a cat food pie, no thank you. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Don't worry. Um, right, on to our questions for the ramblers. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. Uh, the first one comes in from Liam at LH175. No question, just a statement. Ian Gordon, fuck off now. Next question. Yeah. Who's uh, just can we just add that that is the views of Liam and not the views of Liam Horribine Liam not, Horribine not, not, the not expressed, me <laughs> expressed views of the Hibs Ramble not me um, Gav has come in with an absolute belter <laughs> I've seen should, this one earlier should Mick Grady <laughs> start on Sunday um, and then has went on to add Mick Giddy but he's put his two different words. Yeah. <laughs> MC Giddy. <laughs> MC Giddy on the mic, yes I. McGrady. Or MC Grady, I and MC Grady. Um, I would start him on Sunday, yes. Yeah, I mean, what, what no. we would we to lose? Why don't we start him and then if he needs to come off, he can come off. Yeah. Why not? Uh, John's asking what's for dinner. Uh, sausage, chips and beans for me. Nice. TBC for me, absolutely not sure. Still need to check what's in my crap freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Scraping the barrel. Aye. Four days into the month. Still Christmas dinner. I'm going down for a nice bowl of spag ball and garlic bread. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Barry's asking, oh no, sorry, and then John's with that's it, no more questions, blame Hamlin or whatever, I don't care. Um, first of all, John, can you please let us know what you're having for your tea? And, and second, pictures as well. Yeah, preferably pictures. And also, um, I empathise with the way that you're feeling. Yeah, you can. I, I feel there's a lot of sadness in that message for John. I know. Are you okay, John? Please reach out. Yeah. Uh, is going to Motherwell probably going to be a shite day out? Uh, Motherwell is a shite hole, so uh, yes, regardless of the result, it will be a shite day out. It's mm-hmm. a Sunday... And it's a half-one kick-off. Half-one kick-off, so probably... Although, there is one saving grace, and that is we get to tick off one more 
box in the Premiership chart. Mm-hmm. It probably will be an awful day out. And it will be an awful pie as well, I would imagine. Cause Motherwell, to be fair, Motherwell has produced some good good away days, but... Not at half one. Not, on not at <laughs> We'll see. Um, if you had to take Heke, Maloney, Ross or Johnson, who would you take? That's almost like asking what one of your mates you'd like to catch riding your missus. Who asked that question? Jack Hibbs. Sean Who's Mal- it, Ross Maloney? Ross Maloney, Heke or Johnson? Heke bottom. I'd actually take Heke probably. Yeah, because he's doing all right at Sheffield. Yeah. Maloney, Maloney all day for me. All day. Uh, a new contributor who's just showed up, uh, Lorenzo, um, with an Italian flag, Japanese writing, and South Korean writing. Lorenzo's um, been involved a few times. Um, I think he's, the first part of his message is in what I believe to be Korean. So, unfortunately, Lorenzo, I can't decipher that because I'm not Korean. Uncultured swine. Mm. And he said, after the last match, not because it's a derby, I started to think we need to turn the page for Johnson. It is absurd. The guys only play one half per match. I guess they play against the manager. What do you think? Say that again. We have to turn the page on McCurdy. On Johnson. Johnson. As in get rid of him. I think that's what he means. Um, I think he means the opposite. I think he's asking why do they only play 45 minutes of football? Which, I mean, is... Very valid because I think I mean if if the question is does it look like the players are down tools I would say no they're just not good enough I would say they've not down tools I think I would agree with you right? I don't know why they only play for half a game though because it seemed to be a common theme recently that they're turning up in one half usually when we're getting beat yep um, Zach is asking opinions on Will Fish. I like the lad. I feel like he was thrown in the deep end. I feel sorry for him, to be honest. Same. Although he's had the hard, world's hardest paper round at 19. We'd be very surprised if he played for us again, though. Very, very surprised. Yeah, me too. It's a shame, though. File yeah. under Nathan Wood, Darnell Johnson, etc. And finally, uh, I'll, we'll just go for AS on this one because I don't know what to butcher your username. Uh, if you could bring back any previous assistant manager to take over as manager, who would you pick? I've seen this one earlier and I've been thinking about it all day and I really don't know. It's got to be John Doolan, surely. I think John Doolan or Mark Venus. Morris Malpass. Oh, Christ <laughs> almighty. <laughs> <laughs> what about Dude, Derek I, Adams? I don't know who was the assistant, if it was Doolan or Taff. It was Doolan. So, whatever one of those two, I would take one of those two. What about Derek Adams? Take him back. Well, that's why, apparently that's why he left, because he was supposed to be getting the job when Calderwood went, and then Calderwood didn't go. Um, and then we've got a new account, uh, at LJ Sacked by Hibbs, <laughs> um, who replied to the question that, as of 1410, January 4th, 2023, Lee Johnson has not been sacked by Hibbs. And he just seems to be replying to anything mentioning Lee Johnson with not sacked yet, Lee Johnson set to remain Hibbs manager, still not sacked, etc. I bet you this is the same virgin who made the account on deadline day uh, called Ron and Ian Gordon out. 
and then had their, had their faces again, like the big circle traffic sign with the red line through it. <laughs> right, very quickly, um, looking ahead to Sunday, um, we'll do, I want to do predictions, but I know Sean likes to do that, that's his wee bit, considering he's never here anymore. Um, and did you notice as well? <laughs> yeah, I can't talk. He's obviously not heard my dig about because he said he's not listened to last week's pod. Yeah, not no. I get him yet, but this is another one at you, Sean. Just as Who the hell goes to London for five days over New Year? Get a grip of yourself. Oh, it has been his birthday though, so can we say a big happy birthday to Sean? He's no. turned thirty yesterday on the third. No, we can't. He's an Arsenal fan, so no. Arsenal. Um. Confident about Sunday, Mark? Nope. <laughs> but do you know what? It's a day out. It's an away day. We'll go and support the team like we always do. And do you know what? I, I am confident. I They're pish. We can get a result against them. And if we don't, then I'll, I'll be cross. If we don't, then bloody hell. Then bloody save us. <laughs> confident, Leon? Um... I don't know really how Motherwell have been getting on recently. Crap. But, um, not one at home since August. Yeah, no, not not confident then. And and when you're in a team mm-hmm. and a on a form, who is the one team that you mm-hmm. want to see next on your fixture list? Definitely Hibernian FC. Hibernian FC, exactly. So we'll end it on that note. Um, once again, happy New Year, everybody listening. Thanks for your support over 2022. We hope to continue into 2023. Um, we'll be back next week to review the Motherwell game. God knows what will happen in between. We might end up having a new manager, having 12 new players. We might end up being dead because Ron Gordon's just decided to fuck this. I'm no arse anymore. Um, so it'll just be another exciting week of the roller coaster of Hibernian Football Club. So thanks very much for listening. If you can like, share, subscribe um, to the podcast, get it out there, get more eyes on us. And keep your interaction coming, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Bye now. Bye. Bye.